Welcome to Mother Talks, a weekly podcast of open, real, heartfelt conversations about mothering that cover a range of topics including parenting, healing, spirituality, relationships, creative expression, nourishment, business, sexuality, childbirth, and more. I'm so glad you're here. I am your host, Rachel Alaya. If you'd like to learn more about me and the work I offer, you can head on over to my website at rachelalaya.love. That's R-A-C-H-A-E-L-A-L-A-I-A dot love. So go ahead, cozy up, and join me and my guest for this week's episode of Mother Talks available on all the main podcast platforms. Hello, dear friends. I'm so excited to be here with you. This is the very first episode of Mother Talks. I'm thrilled to see where this journey takes us. I do not take for granted that you've taken time out of your day to drop in together. So thank you for being here. I have to say, I love podcasting. It's been several years since I've done it. I had another podcast called Feral Intercourse, Conversations with Wild Women. And this is a bit of a similar thread that I continue to follow. In this first episode, I have the very deep pleasure of bringing on a friend, Isette Rose Santoro. I'll share with you her bio and share with you a little bit about how we first met and connected. So Isette is a multi-dimensional artist, warrior, and teacher of transformation and healing. As a visionary leadership guide and intuitive creative strategist, she puts ancient forces to work for modern strategies. Isette partners with artists and visionaries to reinvigorate and foster creativity, improve personal and professional well-being, and navigate the business of art, media, and entertainment with wisdom, discernment, and connectivity. Mm beautiful. So Isette, formerly known as Erica, reached out to me several years ago as the programming director of Kripalu, a very well-known retreat center in the northeast of the United States. I believe it's in Massachusetts. And she was curious if I was interested in creating a program or a retreat to do there. And while that has not been the direction that I've gone down (laughs) uh, teaching at Kerpalu, we have developed a friendship since then. And interestingly, we are both on a very similar path of creating 
land-based, community-oriented, regenerative projects in the places where we reside in the world. She is in the Hudson Valley of New York. I'm down here in Jalisco, Mexico. And we have really been able to support each other through those particular ventures as well, not even to mention um, that we both are mothers to two little boys. So I'm really excited to share with you the conversation that Iset and I had that um, you'll see left us about 10 minutes into the conversation in a fit of laughter. So I hope you enjoy our talk. I hope you are able to laugh with us <laughs> and have fun. So I'll see you on the other side. Hello, hello. This is Rachel Alaya, and I'm here with my dearest sister, friend, Iset Rose. Thank you for being here with me, my love. And Thank you for having me, beloved. I sort of pitched this idea to be on a podcast that doesn't yet exist earlier this week, and you're like, let's do it. I'm in support of whatever is of your greatest expression. And I have to say, being friends with you, I just notice and feel your heart and your devotional nature to relationship and to relating. And I'm very grateful for that. So I just want to name that before we drop in together. Mm. And I want to give you just a chance to briefly speak your name and maybe share a little bit about yourself, if that feels right. Mm -hmm. Maybe share a little bit about who you are as a mama. Um, and then we'll just flow and see where this journey takes us. Beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. I love you. Um, okay. So, yes, my name is Iset. Um, and <laughs> I reside on unceded Mohican territory in the Hudson Valley of New York on land that I steward with my family. Um, we call this place Rooted in Wild, and it is all about art and nature and devotion and community and love, and um, it's a, like a constellation point among many other constellations, you know, many other sort of like points of light around the globe, including where you are, of folks who are, you know, um, holding the container and planting the seeds and doing the work to like hold this kind of new earth paradigm that's emerging. Um, so that's like the family Dharma. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I would say that I like, I mother within that container, you know, I mother within the seed of that um, vision dream, you know, realized happening, growing, cultivating, um, and yeah, I, mamahood 
for me, I think is a lot about like listening mm. <laughs> and like watching the energy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I would say it's like, you know, it's just, it's the ultimate practice. You know, I've, I, I do have a really deep, deep like sadhana practice that I do. And, you know, it's, it's you know, prior to my childhood, it was like a two hour practice from four to six in the morning. And, you know, we've gone through like a, an experience of, of, of that, of like my morning, my morning with my child and their morning. And, you know, and I've, I've had these moments where I'm like, I really just want to be meditating right now. And my kid wants me to play, you know, trucks with him or something, you know? And then I have this moment where like, you know, kind of a, a higher consciousness comes in and says, you know, if, if me as like this, you know, beloved guide were to incarnate in front of you right now and ask you to play trucks with me, what would you do? And I was like, I would play trucks with you, you know? And they're like, right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there I am. Ask me right. to play trucks with me. Do it. Do the practice. So it's like, it's just, it is the, it's just such a, a it's just such a practice and it just, you know, you, you know, going through the portal, the birth portal, which is also a death portal. I remember with my first, I thought I was, I felt like I was like dying to myself the entire time I was pregnant, you know, and then it just kind of keeps going. Um, but this, you said this whole doorway opens up that like you didn't know existed. And then you like move into this new room and this new space that you oc- occupy as like the mama. And so it's a fucking journey. It's a practice, it's, you know. <laughs> When my son all was the things. Said, oh, it's all the things. He was like, Mama, I'm your teacher. And I was like, I know, I know, I know. Just simmer down, simmer down. Wow. <laughs> Just take it easy on me, okay? <laughs> take it easy. Uh, that's, yeah, that's my word on, my, on what it's like for me as a mama. Uh, <laughs> right now. Yes. Mm. Thank you so much for creating the space to be in this conversation and um just like I've been so appreciating what you've been sharing in the um you know adverse ether of social media um it's a it's such a great tool you know and it's like and I missed your voice while you were gone by the way you know you always show up with such realness and authenticity like that's how I found you I was like this is my, this has to be my friend. (laughs) I can talk to this person. This person is like, gets it, you know? Um, so I missed you. I missed you online while you were gone. It could be, you know, in a world where it can feel really shallow. You always brought so much depth. So I'm really Mm. happy that you're back and I'm happy Mm. that you're, you know, creating this space specifically because I know for me, it's like, I, I'm like, I'm noticing myself like subscribe to like, even, you know, mama sort of posts that aren't like particularly like spiritual or deep just because I'm like, I need some commiserating. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that community is really to be in this conversation feels so important. And these children that are coming on are like on a like next level. So I just thank you. Thank you Mm. for creating the space and for inviting me into it. I'm excited to like see where this conversation goes today. Well, I'm starting out with goosebumps and like waves of my body just acclimating mm-hmm. to the magic. So mm-hmm. ah, thank you. Thank you for that message, that introduction. Um, mm-hmm. 
I can relate on so many levels about mothering being the spiritual practice mm-hmm. <laughs> and the ultimate practice, really. Like I, yeah. I really highly value my alone time in the morning and that's why I wake up so damn early. Like mm-hmm. before motherhood, I was like, ha, ha. <laughs> I will never be a morning person. Like I am a night owl. I will, you know, you catch me late hours for sure. I'll be up. No, no, no. Now I'm down as fast as I can after the kids so that I can wake up way before they do and get in my alone time. Like that is my very, almost like a non-negotiable for me now as a mama. Yeah. And... And the rubber meets the road. Yes. (laughs) The moment I hear them start to stir, I'm like, okay, you know, this was, this was like, um, what just came into my head? Like when I used to do musicals, you know, back in high school, it was like, we had our, what do they even call that when you're like in dress rehearsal? Thank you. Dress rehearsal. (laughs) What's the freaking word? Dress (laughs) rehearsal. And then you're on, you know, and it's like, okay, like the, the spiritual practice that we, that we ascribe in big parentheses as like, this is spiritual, you know, like this is my container of spirituality. Yeah. Like it's beautiful. Yes. But like, that is really what spirituality is translated in real life, you know, and it's the most beautiful, intense, like challenging. I can remember before I became a mom working with a mother and feeling her like almost existential angst about like Mm -hmm. not having more time to practice her spirituality. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I don't think I quite understood, Mm -hmm. you know, until I became a mother and I felt that angst of like, you know, my like inner, maybe it's like my inner adolescent or inner child, like, but I want my meditation, Yeah, (laughs) you know, or I want my things to be just right. (laughs) I mean, I've literally been in a meditation, you know, and like my son comes in and wants something and I'm like, I go from like chanting or whatever I'm doing to be like, do you not see that I'm meditating? <laughs> you know, I'm like basically screaming at him. And it's just like the most hilarious juxtaposition, you know? <laughs> like I'm supposed to be in here like Zal Zen. And then he comes in and I just like, you know, lose it. Like, this is this is an SNL skit for sure. <laughs> oh my god, I'm crying already. <laughs> Can you see I'm meditating? (laughs) This is, I'm like, this is just rude. (laughs) Oh my God. 
on me right now. Like, You're a fraud. <laughs> Is that meditation working for you? It's just keeping you super calm. <laughs> I think you just reamed your kid. <laughs> oh, God. I've got work to do. <laughs> Nearly as far along. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, I I really needed this. <laughs> Podcast is like thirty minutes of laughter and like like intermittent sound Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. We can do this. We can do this. Oh my God. This is so real. Like you think you're, what does it say? You think you're spiritual and evolved until you actually have to be a human. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And especially be a mother, you know, and you're like, yeah. I mean that phrase. What did you just say? Like, I thought I, <laughs> I thought I dealt with this, or I thought I was spiritual, and yeah. <laughs> it's a daily thought that yeah. runs through my mind. It's like, yeah. really, I thought I dealt with this. I thought I healed yeah. this. I thought yeah. I got this. I yeah. thought I had had this already down pat. You know, yeah. no such thing. No such thing. No it's a spiral. There's just layers. You're like, oh, okay, that was just round one, round two, round three, round, and it's an infinite, infinite spiral. Yeah. Okay, another layer of the onion, the never-ending onion. Let's peel it. Okay, here we are. I'm not crying. It's I'm cutting onions. <laughs> exactly. Oh <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah. I'm reminded, as we are, that there's constant opportunities to put into practice what it is that we're like spiritually and theoretically studying and learning about and moving through and like it's in the integration of all of the things that we can talk about that we can write about that we can read about that we can uh, you know, cogitate on, mm-hmm. but it's like in those gritty day-to-day mundane yeah. experiences with our families, with our kids, in the mess, mm-hmm. that these opportunities arise to put it into practice. Yeah. And as a recovering perfectionist, myself, I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm constantly humbled by that because I yeah. think, you know, I do have these thoughts of like, really, Rachel? <sighs> you know, like, be the mom that you know you can be, you know, be mm. the, be be the mom that you 
know your kids need, be the mom that is in alignment with your values and is an integrity. And it's a constant, like dynamic process of responding, rupturing, repairing, Mm -hmm. and the opportunities are endless. Endless. Yeah. I mean, also like, I don't know about you, like if you've, you know, healed all of your intergenerational trauma. I mean. Um, <laughs> have you done that? Did you check that box? Um, because the other thing is just like, you know, I think I noticed this more in the early years of my first of just like, oh, did I just do that, say that kind of like maybe discipline in that way? Because it's what I experienced, what I know. It's like it came from more like a, habitual response like an unconscious subconscious response not a conscious one and then you know my husband and I would have these moments and sort of like look at each other and be like do we really care about that is that like is that really is that true for us or whatever and so like also this thing of like not wanting to um recreate you know it's like all the money I spent on therapy and healing and all the stuff it's like you know, it's, and it's, it's really like, it's raising a wild child because, you know, you know, there was this whole kind of saying of like, you got to break them, you got to break them or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, you know, I can see why in a way, like, it's not easy to parent a wild child, you know, it's not. Um, but, um, but I also don't have it in me to like break my kid. Kid, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna do it. So, but being in that dance of like you're in, it's like a constant discovery, and you know, presence to the moment of like what's happening here, and you know, parsing out like societal concepts of what like you should be doing or how you should respond to something or what it's supposed to look like, and and my kid doesn't fit into pretty much any norm or any anything, and I'm that's great with me but there's no book about it really like there's stuff about you know kind of I mean I think I love like I read I saw Gabor Mate speak about like and he talked about holding your children close and that was really impactful for me um and so I got that book and I read a little bit and I was like okay I got it got it got it got it you know like get to that repair piece as as quickly as possible when you do notice that you've kind of like maybe done something that wasn't like truth in that moment it was some subconscious reactivity expressed rupture um and then so that piece of like not recapitulating intergenerational trauma in your parenting although p.s i also do have a total crip sheet that i plan to give to my child when he's ready to go to a therapist or energy work and just be like hear all the moments where i completely fucked up and you're definitely fucked up as a result of it (laughs) (laughs) Like, I definitely, like, I, like, I definitely did something wrong here. You know, you're going to have, because they're going to have their wounds no matter what. Yeah. No matter what this, like, desire to, like, raise him in the woods and not break his spirit. Like, he's, he's here on this journey and I'm fulfilling my role. I, I, I know that, you know, I know that I'm doing my part and my husband's doing his part and he's going to have, like, whatever stories he's got to tell about that and have the wounds that he's got about that. Yeah. Um, but, um. 
And then I think like the trippiest part, like, so I can kind of get a hold on that. And now, you know, where he's seven and I've got a second. And so I'm like, okay, I kind of, I'm not like really in some like old pattern habituating. Um, However, like what's up, what's always been up and what continues to be up is that, you know, they are complete and total mirrors. So like when he's out of sorts, I'm like, I'm like looking at my husband, I'm looking at myself, I'm like, one of us is one of us is out of sorts because he's just reflecting. He's not he's not getting he's either not we're not present enough with him. He's not getting what he needs from us, which seems like unimaginable. Like I'm going to lose all of my hair because I think I'm doing everything I possibly can. But I'm, it's still not enough for this being in this moment, you know. Um, but that reflection of like, oh, if they're off, we're off. So like, that's what needs to be sorted. It's not them that needs the fixing. It's like we, like something is going on with us. And that's like the real, that's the next level of the practice where like this constant mirror is being held up and it's so like subtle. Yeah. Yeah, I could be thinking I'm like doing so good. I'm like, I'm like, I'm balancing all, you know, I'm juggling, you know, and my kids acting out and I'm like, fuck. Yeah what does that say about me? What's going on with my husband? And, you know, and it's me, like, it's me. Like if I'm not holding a particular type of presence, because I think, I believe, especially in spiritual practice, like the ma energy holds the caliber of the space. Mm. Right. Which is why, like when you leave and come back and the shit's like totally shit shows like the ma wasn't there. It's it's, it's, it's energetic. It's an energetic you know? And so like when I'm too pulled and or even just having a second one and more of my energy being with the second one, you know, it's like, I'm having to really get super intentional about how I show up with my oldest so that he's feeling held and seen and taken care of. And that's the part that's like, oof, there is no, like you, you can't slip an inch without seeing that shit immediately. Yeah. And it's a hard pill to swallow. Yes. Yes. Uh, There's so much of what you just said that I can anchor into and parse out. Um, Specifically, I think, these patterns, like when when I first became a mama, I thought and felt like I was losing my mind Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand why Mm. like it logically rationally it didn't make any sense that I was losing losing basically Mm. and had to basically go on this process and this journey of like what the heck is going on what is going on So I went and I started putting my hands on and grabbing any book possible about trauma, about Mm. complex PTSD, about Mm. these topics that like, I just, I just had no idea, you know, and my initiation into motherhood at that death portal that you speak of Mm -hmm. that I went through, like brought me to such a place that I just, I had to completely reorient like every Mm. single aspect of my being. Mm. And there were these like subcortical, subconscious embodied 
reactions that I was moving through that I just didn't recognize at all. Can you, I didn't, would you be willing to share like, what, like how did that, what did it look like? To- it was like when a, when a baby is screaming and you're com- just completely dissociative, mm. you know, you, f- your whole body clams up and you're like, mm. what do I do? I don't know what mm. to do. Like you're not even like cognitively available mm. to understand or even recognize what the needs are in that moment for yourself, mm. for your child, for anyone, mm. you know, and yeah. that's just like a little flavor. <laughs> and, but, and that's what you mean when you say, I thought I was losing my mind. Right. Yeah. Because I didn't, I've, I'd never had that experience before. Yeah. And it was like this, this movement into motherhood, this, this, this new experience, this novel me Mm -hmm. was like activating something within my nervous system, within my psyche, within my energy field that was, that was there. It had been there, you know, but it was like this. It got shaken loose yeah. as I became a mother. And so I am actually very close with my parents and physically in proximity with them quite often um, in my day-to-day life. And yeah, it's just so real. The like holding of the complexity of the Mm -hmm. fact that you have these very human beings who raised you, who did the best that they could, but also like screwed up in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm no longer in a space where I was for a couple years of feeling like very victimized mm. by my own experiences as a child, as I processed a lot of this, you know, unprocessed somatic trauma basically. Yeah. Yeah. And had to get to a place where I really am looking at my own parents and being like, wow, you know, like that's, that's real. That's there. And like, I honor you. I honor the person that you are, the process that we went through. Like we are all in it Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And it's such a trip. Like to parent in the, you know, vicinity or presence of my parents Mm -hmm. and watch Mm -hmm. them being triggered by me being triggered by my children. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's, it's a clusterfuck sometimes, you know, and And it's actually been also an opportunity to start to resolve some of the stuff that I've not been able to with my own parents. Yeah. You know, yeah. and find my voice in the in the process. You know, like the other day, um, we had a moment with my my dad and my son where he was having a big you know, we'll call it tantrum, a big expression. 
And my dad's response is, let me do anything in my capacity to ameliorate the big feelings Mm -hmm. because his big feelings activate something in me that I cannot hold and deal Mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. So I'll just say yes to the thing rather than actually putting boundaries and doing the thing that's of integrity as a parent to do. Right. And I'm like watching the whole dynamic happen. Right. And, and having to like hold, like be the stable individual that's like co-regulating the other people around me who are all dysregulated Mm -hmm. and having to, you know, like, turn to my dad who's suddenly energetically a child, you know, in Mm -hmm. his triggered moment and say, it's okay. He can be upset and you don't have to make it better Mm -hmm. in the way that you're used to. Mm -hmm. Like you can take a break and you can be triggered right now and that's okay. Go feel your feelings. Mm -hmm. I'll attend to this child who's allowed to be angry, mm-hmm. who has valid feelings, who I'm still going to say no to because it's not appropriate to do X, Y, or Z in this moment. Right. right. I never got that as a child. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, the energetics and the like <sighs> exhaustion almost. That arises when you're like the one that has to do that work. Yeah. It's that like breaking of the chain almost Mm. of these patterns. And this like, you know, like the, the face that I saw you make when you said that you and your husband were, you know, you kind of like zoom out for a sec You get the perspective of what's going on and you have to kind of like, okay, what's happening? Let me get my bearings and come back into the moment. Mm -hmm. Is this really who I want to be? Mm -hmm. Is this really the legacy I want to leave? Yeah. Mm. I need to take a deep breath on everything you just said. Yeah. Yeah, it's really massive what like you just shared that moment it's like healing up and healing back and healing forward and healing and healing present it's like whoa mm. that is that's deep work and sometimes it's not even like a like a big moment you know it can be yeah. these like oh, yeah. really micro moments totally totally And the thing about mothering too is that, you know, we live in a, or we're raised in a culture in the Western world of like everything being done yesterday, like the speed Mm -hmm. of time is so rapid that you don't necessarily get to see the fruit of your labor immediately as a mama. And so it's these like, coming back over and over, like the amount of times as mothers, we have to repeat ourselves. The amount of times that like that spiral that you talk about comes back around, around, around. And we have to just 
consistently show up and do the thing. And just almost like that faith that's required to say, okay, I'm doing it again. And I know like God is reminding me in this moment that this is the way mm. and that one day <laughs> the fruits will be sweet. But right now it's just hard. I know. It's crazy. I, you know, it's funny. I, I have these like, you know, I look at my kids' charts, you know, because so much of, you know, they say this thing of like, you have, you know, three kids or four kids grow up in the same home. They all tell a different story. They all had a different experience. They all had different parents because now you, you know, you and I both know you're, you were different then than you are now. So the kids are actually getting different parents. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so that's real. Um, but then like the way that we experience or interpret whatever happened is really unique to us. So I look at like my kids' charts and I'm just like, I see some things and I'm just like, you know, like, you know, like, could it be that like whatever I do, they're still going to see it this way. Mm -hmm. They're going to still have an experience of it happened like this. Um, and like, I can't do anything about that, you know? And so it's like, and you know, and like, you know, and I, it's like, I have the craziest, I don't know if you have like crazy, weird, horrible thoughts like this, but I'm just like, you know, like, will my kid be a drug addict? <laughs> Do you know I mean? like, I don't don't we all have these thoughts? I don't know. I would be like really know. hard pressed to find a mom. I feel like who would not have like a bit of morbid thoughts about like, oh man, I just like royally, royally yeah. screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, like, a, a, you know, I shared, I've been having like, I've been like disconnected from my oldest for a little, and we've been like having power struggles, which is just totally, you know, it's insane to say that like, you know, I'm having a power struggle with a child and it's been happening. And, and though, so I'm like, okay, I know what I need to do. I need to just like be present and dial in. And it's not, doesn't take that much. They're so, he's very forgiving and he's very available. Like as soon as I'm there, he's like okay, ready. He's so ready. It's just like such a gift. But this week I was able to, you know, put him to sleep and spend time with him. And, and he, he was laying there and he was like, just lay like right on me and hug me, you know? And I, and I was just like, you know, of course I was so excited to do that. And he just, I love you so much, mama. And I'm just like, you know, like that moment will last me. <laughs> it's that moment where I'm like, that's that little bit of feedback where I'm like, okay. I mean, I, maybe, maybe something is going well around here. Yeah. <laughs> or just the knowing that like, and you know, even me, like, I mean, my parents, like I have, you know, I have stories to tell and books to write about my parents, but at the end of the day, like, I love them. I love them so much you know, and I see that, I see the humans that they are. And like, like you said, like they did their best, you know, and they totally traumatized me and I did what I needed to do with that. But like, also I am who I am because of them. And yeah. like, you know, like, it's like, it's so I'm like, my kid will have the intelligence to reflect on me in the same way, <laughs> Yeah, you know, but yeah. it's, it's hard. It's, it's true. It's like, you really can't see, like, the, you know, we won't see the quote unquote fruits of our labor for so long, but these, these tender moments yes. you know, are very sustaining and life giving. Oh, um, they are. Yeah. <sighs> I love those moments. 
And I mm-hmm. always find myself just, it's so interesting um, to watch time shift too mm-hmm. in those moments because mm-hmm. I, I almost like intentionally like slow down time. Definitely. Or I attempt to, (laughs) however I can, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, let me just use my awareness to make the seconds longer Mm -hmm. when I'm in that, the nape of the neck and they're cuddling Mm -hmm. or I'm reading a story and they've fallen asleep on my chest or, you know, whatever the moment is, it's like, being able to soak those gems yes. into us mm-hmm. and be nourished by them. Yes. But it requires so much presence. And yes. I think that for me, that's always like what it comes back to, you yeah. know? Always, always. I had a really intense moment the other day when I really dropped in and got super present with my oldest during a a session of play and I realized how how much my presence had been lacking previously during those moments of play yeah where I was you know distracted or I wanted to be doing something else or I was multitasking or I was you know my mind was elsewhere and This time I was like very intentionally like, okay, I'm going to be as present as I can. Put the phone away, put this away, put that Mm -hmm. away. Like I'm just here with him. And I was like doing the reflective listening and I was, you know, orienting my body towards him and speaking what he was saying back to him and all of the things that Mm -hmm. show myself and him that I'm fully present. And I almost started crying because I realized that I hadn't been that present with him in a long time. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. You know, it's like moments like that. And I don't know, this could be a total fantasy in my mind, but like I mourn the village, you know, like, cause it's just like, we're holding so many roles at one time. And it's like, I see my mother come and she's playing with him. P.S. She didn't get to play with me like that. Do you know what I mean? She was working and doing other thing. But like, I see her drop in and be so present. And I see him yearning for that when she's not here. And yeah. like, and hold, and me having to hold a thing of like, well, I just can't, like, I just can't, I'm not, you know, I go through beating myself up about it and then being like, well, I just cannot, like, I cannot do that all the time because I, I have to like keep thing together and there's so much to do. But and then also, like, I also have a story about, like, I didn't play when I was a kid. I don't know how to play. Like, I didn't, I was, I was like a, you know, adult child. Do you know what I mean? In the dynamic of my family. Yeah. And I played, I played business, you know, I had multiple businesses. That's what I played. And so it's like, I'm like, but I consider myself to be a very creative, very imaginative person. But here I am, like, I don't know how to play. You know, it's like totally ludicrous and there's something in there but like those moments where you do drop in and again it's another portal like this other thing expands and you're in this other world with them and it's like whoa like a it's so beautiful and b it's it's like god why is it so hard to get here Hmm. why does it feel so hard to get here more consistently but it's like yeah well you're holding a fucking universe yeah (laughs) 
And then I'm like, but the village, if the village was here, like I wouldn't be having to think about, and and maybe that's just a story I'm telling myself because, you know, but it's probably both. I just, yeah, it's a little of both, right? (laughs) But yeah, that, that's, it's that, that presence and that's every, it is like, that is the thing in every moment. It's always, it's always the answer. And that's, and I think that's also like, I think back to like the beginning of the conversation, like that's what any like on the mat spiritual practice is about. It's about being able to show up to the life with the presence for the moment and like whatever the moment's asking for and be fully there with it and not like, you know, distracted like that. I mean, that is the, the, the skill in action. Um, The presence is it and being, yeah, show up fully in itself. And, 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 um, for me with the play, I'm kind of like, I don't give myself permission. Cause I'm like, this isn't like, I haven't, I have important things to do <laughs> yeah, to keep it all together. And it's like, there's, and then, like I said, in the beginning, it's like, you know, the guides are like the master's already at your feet. Mm. The, this play is the sacred practice and it's, it's hard to remember that um but then those moments where you drop in it's like it it is it's deeply emotional because there's like some I don't know what it is if there's like it's like a permission thing like giving ourselves permission to be there um and then at the same time feeling the grief of like that we like can't be there more yeah you know it's it's really it's rich and it's complex and it's um you know, it's like, the, it's a constant conversation that I have, my husband and I have, like, because we keep, and we also, we're seeing we're at that point where like, he's more with the friend, you know, more with friends. And, you know, we sort of say like, there's gonna be a moment where he's like, he doesn't want to play with us, you know, like, this is it, like, get in there, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, that, that's a, that's a juicy zone, that presence and play. Yeah. I, I know that you mentioned Gabor Mate's book. Mm-hmm. Hold hold on to your kids, I think is what it's called. I could Something be wrong. Like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um and that book really I can remember somebody recommending it to me. And I have always been a fan of Gabor Mate's work since reading about his perspective on trauma and addiction. And he actually used to come to the place where I live and grew Mm -hmm. up um, to facilitate uh, healing work for people and do retreats. And that particular book being the invitation and offering the sort of academic or scientific anchor points or proof, you know, if we can say that there is really that we try to quantify these very big Mm -hmm. (laughs) sort of amorphous concepts and ideas, but the reality of relationship being at the center of everything that we do as parents. Like it's not about the method. It's not about Mm -hmm. the behavior. 
it's not about like the thing that's being done almost. It's just really about how are we coming back into connection? Yes. Right. And how are we prioritizing relationship? Yeah. And I was really, I didn't realize how much grief that I had when I became a mama of two and had so much focus on my baby, like, because I had to, that I hadn't had any like really quality time to drop in to presence with my oldest son. And I remember sitting in a therapy session with my parents when my baby was six months old or something and just starting to sob tears, basically saying like, if you want to support me right now, you will come hold my baby so I can have a moment with my oldest son. And you don't take my oldest son away from me constantly thinking that that's helpful, you know, and in some ways it is, but like, I also need to have a relationship with him. Yeah. And every time they were, were to come in, it was like, oh, we'll, we'll babysit the oldest one or we'll take, we'll take him for the night or whatever. And I realized I haven't had quality time with him. You know, and to this day, I have to, like, like you said, consciously make space for that, you know, yeah. have that quality time to drop in with him, be present with him. And when I do, I'm like, oh, I know <laughs> my heart just, I have this like deep nostalgia, you know, yeah. that, oh, yeah. that time is just, you know, talk yeah. about the trippiness of time, you know, it's the other day I was at the beach and I'm watching my oldest come out of the ocean and he's playing and I'm like, where's this little boy? He's, he's big. He's tall. He's like lanky. Who are you? (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's it's a trick. I find myself, you know, that like I have an iPhone and they like reflect all these memories back to you. Oh my God. It's like my favorite thing about the iPhone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is where like this technology makes sense. Yeah. I, I, this is useful for me because I'll just sit in bed, like going through old pictures and my oldest, you know, came and you know they put these little packages together for you. And so there was this little package video of whatever it was like three years ago, which is like a lifetime. He's like such a different person. And so right. Big and, and he's just looking at it and going, oh, and he, can, he keeps saying, I miss that life. I miss that life. And I'm just like, I know what you mean, you know, and he loves his brother and his brother loves him and it's beautiful, but it's, it was like another life. Yeah. You know? Um, so the dynamic with the two, you know, and it's, I've, you know, I've heard people say that they say like, you know, it always sounded ridiculous to me. They're like the, the, the whole like secret to two is, you know, when the first, the second baby's born, you basically ignore the second baby and you, <laughs> you give everything to the first born. And I'm like, that's insane. You know, just like this, this, this baby can't live. What are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense, but it's like, I see like, it's such a shift. A friend of mine was saying that, I don't understand exactly the nuances of how this actually came to be, but she said that they didn't change the dynamic of like the the three of them. They kind of made the second one work her way 
in, like kind of carve her place in it. Um, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I, I didn't get to unpack that with her, but there is, there is like, there is this whole shift and change that happens and, you know, how to give, like eat now. It's like, instead of just, cause one's plenty PS, one's plenty to like navigate, um, you know, your needs and their needs and everyone else's needs. And then this second creature comes on. It's totally different with a different set of needs and different personality and, you know, all the things. And, and then how they like, uh, you know, and one of mine, so one seven and one is one. So they're also like in very different stages of their lives and development. And so the needs are very different. And, but yeah, that, that it's like another, it's another like, another doorway, another portal, another split, another, another beautifully exhausting <laughs> experiment. Practice. Right. <laughs> right. I, it's interesting. I've been like, mm, very uh, curious about mamas with many children, like yeah. not just a couple, yeah. but lots yeah. of children. Yes. And so I've been more and more like following mamas with lot of kids yeah, and reading books about that experience and just like really curious about it, you know? Yeah. And something that really struck me that more than one of them has said is like, it's almost harder to have two or three kids, even hardest to have one kid. Mm-hmm. And it gets almost like easier the more that you have, because I mean, they, they, they give their reasons why, but yeah, I, I sort of like sat there scratching my head, like, okay, on one hand, like you're crazy on the other hand. (laughs) Yeah. That kind of makes sense. You know, like there's this dynamic that, or this momentum almost that gets built Mm -hmm. and, you know, you just kind of like, okay, we're integrating this one into the fold. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, yeah, it made, it made sense on some level, even though I was left scratching my head still. Um, but you know, I, I, I think about this a lot because when I first met my husband, I didn't actually want to have children. Mm. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't really have the desire. I never was like one of those women or girls who like yearned to be a mama. You know, I just, I don't, maybe that has to do with my own, you know, upbringing or whatever, but the maternal side of me just wasn't fleshed out and developed in a way that I could imagine myself as a mother. And really like when I met my husband, he said he wanted eight children. And I said, okay, uh, through like, in Spanish, it was, it would be like, a través de cual vientre, like through, through what womb (laughs) would that be happening, you know? Um, and it took me, you know, it took me a little bit of time to warm up to even the idea of mother, mothering, motherhood. Um, and for me, I think a big part of that was recognizing in him the partnership and union that we have and the dynamic that we have to be able to do that work together and seeing the paternal side of him sort of activate Mm -hmm. and call forth my 
mama, my inner mama, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, but I know that you have expressed that there is another being who wants to come through you. And I definitely feel that as well. I have two, mm. you have two, but I can see myself with more for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, there's also the reality that it is, it's effort. It's, you know, not only just like growing a baby in your body and giving birth to that baby is like metabolically taxing and- major energetically you know like I just went to the dentist the other day and (laughs) we had this whole conversation and I'm reminded that like when you get pregnant and create life and birth life and breastfeed as I have you know it takes something like 10% of your body's mineral stores that's right every time you have a baby So if you have like multiple children, you have to be on top of nourishing yourself. Big time, big time. Right? And we were joking before I press record that like your husband asked you what you wanted for your birthday and you said, (laughs) just let me sleep in bed the whole day. Like bring me all the food, but you know, leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I wanted was rest. Yeah, it's true. It's like, it's, it's. Yeah, it's, I mean, right now too, I, I feel, I can feel, I'm, I'm like, I guess, what, let's see, February, March, April. So I'm just cresting on like 14 months into Colossal. And, you know, I think they say it takes like 18 months to like restore those minerals or what have you, but I feel how depleted I am. And, you know, the sleep is compromised and I, I'm just, I'm really like, so just like, I'm like bone tired Um, and I'm thinking about like, you know, and I'm 42 and I know that like, I, I know that I physically like technically could, um, but I feel like, okay, like right now I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just about to start getting into like, you know, signing back up with like my functional medicine doctor so that I can like do all my blood work and like see like where my hormones are and where my levels are. Cause I, 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 I know that I'm depleted and I need to restore. Like if it's even actually conceived in the fall, like accidentally. And I was just like, there's no way, like, there's no way my body could handle this, you know? And it, and it, and it couldn't, you know, and I miscarried and that was like a whole nother, like, you know, whoa, that was intense with what that does to your body. So Mm. I am just like, you know, you know, am I too, am I too old? (laughs) You know what I mean? My husband's 11 years older than me. Like, is it irresponsible to be like, he'll, you know, he would be 50, whatever, five, six, by that time, maybe who knows when it would happen. And, you know, I'm like, I count forward. I'm like, the kid will, you know, if he, you know, and I mean, it's like, I, I told him he has to live till 95 so that we can hit the 50 year mark. I'm really committed to it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like, you know, you know, they'll lose, like, would they lose their parents? You know, like, and I, like any of this stuff could happen, but it's like this, like the age thing is like, I'm in my head about that a little. And then also just like, I'm so tired now. And I'm like, you know, will I be more tired in a couple of years? Like, can I do it? You know, I mean, two days after Koa was born, two days, David sits on the bed and he's just like, can you imagine 
our family without a girl, you know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can imagine it. You know, I can totally imagine it. <laughs> and him and Zena just keep talking about the, this baby girl. And, you know, I've always seen the two boys and a girl. So like, who knows? But so, and so, and and it's like, it's this weird feeling of like, I know that I, I have a choice whether to say yes or no to this being, but I almost feel like I don't. I almost feel like I have, I have to. Like this, you know, this this was already pre-written, this being already chose. I had this timeline in my mind that I thought it was gonna happen in, not quite like showing up that way. Um, but I, I'm struggling. I don't like, it's, it's so weird to say this, but it's like, it's almost, I feel like I'm like, I'd be like ending a life. This soul could probably go somewhere else. But it's this weird feeling I have. It's like, even though I'm like, I, I want to write notes to myself. I literally think about writing notes to myself that say, don't you dare think of having another kid. Remember this moment. Remember how tired you are. Like, you can't possibly do this again. Like, I, I, I want to leave myself mental notes to remind myself that I can't do this. But it's like, it's so overriding that this being is here that's a part of this family already that other people like see and feel and you know want like are ready to be with and it's like i can't stand in the way of it and like i and me too but the like logistics <laughs> can't get past the logistics like my body being strong being healthy being like re restored being like able to hold it hmm. <sighs> But we stretch on, we expand yeah. on, I guess. There's something that's coming to mind right now. Actually, a few mm. things. One is this dynamic of surrendering our will mm. to God's will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just so much a part of my journey lately. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing that I am not the most intelligent one in that dynamic. Right. Right. As much as I want to white knuckle it and say that it's <laughs> got to go my way, you know. How's that been working out um, for you? Yeah. You know, right? Like, yeah. We get shown that over and over again. Humbled. Yeah. Humbled. Yes. Thank you. And I love that the word humble has the root hume, which means mm. of the earth, mm -hmm. which is the root of human. Mm -hmm. And as you were speaking of this almost like existential exhaustion mm -hmm. <laughs> of mothering, mm -hmm. like I just keep, I just keep seeing flashes and images of the earth, mm. the earth mother. Mm -hmm. Right. Constantly sustaining us. Constantly. Like materially, matter, mother, all the same yeah. root, right? Yeah. And <sighs> I'm, I'm in this space right now of really like clearly seeing this dynamic of like the way that we archetypally 
as a culture, and I'm just going to really generalize and say like Western culture, relate to the mother is mm. so very similar as the mm. way that we relate to the earth. Mm-hmm. And also the way we relate to the father is very much how we relate to source, to God. Mm-hmm. And that's been so present for me lately. And I don't really have an answer, you know, like I don't, but I keep coming back to relationship, mm-hmm. relationship. Like what is the relationship there between my body and the earth body yeah between my spirit and great spirit yeah between my child and me Mm -hmm. and how can I continue to show up and be present in a way that's of integrity that has a sacred reciprocity Mm -hmm. where You know, I'm not white knuckling it and saying, you know, it's got to be my way and I have to control everything. And, you know, how, how exhausting that is in itself. Yeah, totally. Right. It's almost like that's the more exhausting piece of it. For sure. For sure. So at this point, Iset and I had a little technical glitch, which kicked us both offline. So we had a pause in the recording very briefly. And then we returned. So here is the rest of our time together. Okay, we're back from a brief hiatus. We went into um, a wormhole. We did. <laughs> God is testing us. Per Just usual. as you were talking about God's will. Right? <laughs> God's May will. It, it's like, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. up. Your babies need you. Exactly. Get back. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean, thank you. First of all, just thank you. Thank you for thank you. for being here with me, for laughing with me, for sharing so much of yourself and your heart. And yeah, it's it's so real, this journey. And I think being willing to open the front and the back of your heart. Mm-hmm to allow yourself to be seen um, is one of the strongest things that you can do. Yeah. Right. I, for years I was a yoga teacher teaching asana classes and the word for child's pose, balasana, bala means child, but it also means courage in Sanskrit. And when you're in child's pose, you're exposing the back of your heart mm-hmm. in such a profound way. And I remember I used to use that as a kind of like a teaching moment mm-hmm. to remind 
myself more than anyone, but to share with those in my presence that it's very courageous to allow your the back of your heart to be seen. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Thank you for that. I'm going to let that simmer and savor in my mouth for a little while. <laughs> I'm just going to taste that for a while. It's so yes. good. Thank you for um, creating the space and for, you know, the wisdom and consciousness you bring to this conversation and um, your walk, your practice as a mama. It's been, it's been so good to um, be here with you. And I'm really excited for this podcast <laughs> to hear more, more mamas. And then, I, then yes. we're going to have a big mama, mama convention. <laughs> right. A mama seance. To be announced. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> thank you love yes thank you and um things on your moments mm, igualmente same to you um would you like to share just very briefly how folks can connect with you if they're listening and they feel the call sure you know it's all it's all a bit in changing in flux right now but currently my my instagram account handle is priestess beset um and my website address is erica rose santoro because Iset is a spiritual name that i've taken on i have not changed my website yet so e-r-i-k-a-r-o-s-e-s-a-n-t-o-r-o is my website and um those are the places that i could be accessed through which I can be accessed. <laughs> yes. And um, Iset has a really beautiful project going on mm-hmm. on her land, a land yeah. stewardship and community and art and mm-hmm. medicine. And mm-hmm. we have a very similar vision um, yeah. that we're, we're engaged with on That's each nice. of our respective uh, locus points of this beautiful planet you're Um, co-conspirators in solidarity for sure yes holding holding pieces of this vision in different places the same so yeah we are we're in deep partnership there i would say yeah yeah and that is called rooted and wild yeah so that's rooted and wild.org um and the handle on instagram is also at rooted and wild a-n-d beautiful I recommend whoever feels the call to reach out to check out your project um, and to support the work that's being done. Thank you you again, my friend. Thank you, sister. Love you. Love you. Hey, friend. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Mother Talks. I appreciate if you could drop us a thoughtful review from whatever platform you're tuning into the podcast. It really helps us to reach more listeners just like you. Finally, I'll close by sharing that I am honored to mentor, support, teach, and companion mamas and creative women on a mission to heal their legacy through bespoke coaching somatic education, nervous system nourishment, 
movement classes, spiritual guidance, online courses, and group work facilitation. Again, you can visit my website at rachelalaya.love for more details. Have a beautiful day.